Child support agency, you never really love me, you never really love my kid. All you really care about is your money. I told you once and I tell you again. I love my kid, but don't make him a brand. Don't extort me and call me a friend. I paid last month and I do it again. You gotta walk in my shoes. I gotta tell you the truth. You never cared about us. You just wanna get the money and live us a mess. <laughs> See, this is so funny that you guys say this. I pay every month. I paid that on June 25th. I'm pretty sure that's June 25th. It says that I made that payment. Right, I, it hit our system June 27th. Oh, okay. So you do see that I paid for July. Well, that was the July payment. That was supposed to be paid July 1st, but I paid it July, June 25th. I paid it six days early, just so you guys don't freak out about that. Today is... January 2nd, 2024. Wow, that's a long time. It is a Tuesday, of course. It's 8.20 a.m. And I'm your host. My name is Sean. So I went to ChatGPT like I always do to get some ideas. And this is what I got for individual countries of child support enforcement programs. The United States, of course, the Office of Child Support Enforcement oversees child support programs at the federal level. Each state has its own support enforcement agency responsible for enforcing child support orders. In the United Kingdom, the Child Maintenance Service manages child maintenance cases ensuring non-residential parents contribute financially. Enforcement actions may include wage government, court orders, and freezing bank accounts. I guess child support is a big deal. When I was young, like child support was just between the mother and the father, and it is obvious that the children need support of some type, preferably from a man, preferably learning. All kinds of support is needed, not just monetary support. And that is what the American child support system focuses on. If you don't pay your child support, that's a huge problem. They give out felonies for that. And they suspend driver's license. It just starts a domino effect. So in Canada, it says the maintenance enforcement program, they don't even call it. OCSE or CSE in Canada. The maintenance enforcement program operates in several provinces, facilitating the collection and distribution of child support payments. Enforcement measures include garnishing wages, seizing assets, and suspending licenses. In Australia, they have the Child Support Agency, which administers the child support program. Enforcement methods include income withholding, intercepting tax refunds, and legal action for non-compliance. In Germany, the Youth Welfare Office oversees child support matters. Enforcement measures may involve wage garnishment, bank account seizures, and legal action. In New Zealand, Inland Revenue manages child support cases ensuring financial contributions from non-custodial parents. Enforcement actions may include wage garnishment, legal action, and property liens. Singapore is supposedly the best educated country in the world for children. 
The Child Maintenance Enforcement Unit, CMEU, assists in the enforcement of child support orders. Enforcement measures involve court orders, income deduction, and bank account seizures. In South Africa, the maintenance court handles child support matters. Enforcement methods include wage encouragement, asset seizure, and imprisonment for non-payment. That's serious. In India, child support enforcement is generally managed through family courts. Enforcement actions may include court orders, asset seizure, and imprisonment for non-compliance. The Swedish Enforcement Authority, I don't even know how to pronounce that, Kronofognen or something in Sweden handles child support enforcement. Enforcement measures may involve wage garnishment, seizing assets, and bank account freezers. Free bank account freezes. And I put in here the the country of Greece child support program j- just out of pure curiosity and it says in Greece family law matters including child support are generally handled by the Greek Ministry of Justice transparency and human rights the competent court in family law cases is often the family court something I can't pronounce or the single member court of first fi- first instance Interesting. That's where my child is right now. I don't. I mean, he never contacts me on his birthday, on Father's Day. He just never contacts me. The only reason why I know that he's my son is because I'm ordered to pay child support every month, or else I lose my license and go to jail. So that is how the various countries handle their child support matters. I didn't know that Greece doesn't really have a child support program. See, like, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the mother and the child, Greece should take care of them both. They should not have anything to do with America. But because they're both, they, they were both born in America, they are American citizens and Greek citizens. And before my child, when my child, when I knew my child, when he was here, in America, he didn't speak Greek, but I assume now because he's over there and in school and stuff, he speaks Greek and English, I would think, anyway. But I don't know for sure. I rarely ever talk to him. But this year, 2024, is the final year that I have to deal with the child support agency, and that is so awesome because they are absolutely horrible. Now, I agree that children absolutely need support they need support in all different ways but if one parent or the other is just not available for support they definitely need financial support but financial support is not the only thing that they need and when a child is born and they go into the child support system the child support enforcement agency does not care about any of the adults problems they don't care about hyperinflation they don't care about anything the southern border being open they don't this is what they care about the child is still alive and the person that's playing they call him the obligor or her the obligor or whatever is paying is alive and paying that's all they really care about and it is important that 
as a parent, it's usually the father that ends up having to pay. But in one instance, I did see that the mother was ordered to pay. But anyway, what these, what the family courts are the ones who put that judgment out. They're the ones who say you know, how much is going to be owed by one parent to the other. And you don't pay the parent directly or the child directly. You have to pay the distribution unit in whatever state that you're in, and then they pay the other parent. And if that's not done, then they start enforcement actions, and they get paid heavily from those enforcement actions. For example, they start out by sending you a letter first. Then ask me how I know this. Then after they send you a letter, they suspend your driver's license. And um, they suspended my fishing license. I didn't have any professional licenses at the time, but I'm sure they suspend those also. So any type of license they go after and suspend. Now, you know, they will suspend licenses. And during that time, you know, like, like let's say that you got some sort of procedure from a doctor but his license got suspended from child support so what that means he still still he or she still did the procedure correctly but not having a license might cause an insurance company to not pay for you know that procedure or you know some type of clerical error and even though it's technically not the doctor's fault but the doctor wasn't licensed that day that they did your procedure, so the insurance company might not pay. You know, things might happen. It starts a domino effect, and it was all just clerical. Let's just say that there was a doctor that, you know, switched banks, and he forgot to update the auto pay for his child support or he for whatever. It the way that the child support enforcement agency looks at that, they it is the parents' responsibility to make sure that that money is there every month for the child. It does not matter that the that the child is living with the doctor or that the doctor, you know, sees the child twice a month or whatever. None of that matters. None of that matters. All that matters is it's about the money. So let's say that the doctor forgot to update. I don't pay for some reason. And then they suspended his driver's license. He didn't know because he gets a lot of spam every day. He doesn't check his email. He doesn't check his mail. Or, you know, maybe the mailbox in his apartment complex is really far away or whatever. Whatever the, whatever the reason is, it is his responsibility to make sure that that payment is made every single month period and they don't have any system in the child support system they don't have a way to like you know like put you know like you don't have an account where you can put money like let's say that your judgment is for like mine three hundred dollars every month it's not possible for you to have an account and put three hundred dollars aside just in case something clerical like that does happen no uh uh that's not possible because if that were happened they the child support agency wouldn't get paid because they could they would just default to the amount that's already in there and then i don't know probably it would be a good idea to send that parent some type of letter saying that they use your 
backup form of payment or whatever. Whatever the case may be. So there is absolutely nothing there for a safety net in case the parent has a clerical problem. It's completely paperwork driven and it's complaint driven. So what happens is if there's any problem, you don't know that there's a problem until the problem happens. Then the domino effect starts. They send start by sending you a letter, noticing your driver's license, other licenses, other professional licenses. They don't care. There is no safety net at all. There is no way. There is no account. It's the amount of money that you have to pay each month is set by a judge, which is also complete and utter crap. It's com- and they never met the family. They never met any member of the family. They never met the child. But they're about to make a ruling that's going to change the child and parent's life forever. So that is definitely something to think about. If you're thinking about having children, if you live in America, even if you think about getting married in America, you're going to be in the family court system. If anything happens with that marriage or if anything happens with the children and they are going, the family court system and the child support, actually the family court system is going to completely use and the lawyers, they're going to use the children completely against you. And the children don't have anything to do with the divorce at all, but they're still going to get used completely against you. The, the best thing to do is to not get an American marriage license. That's the absolute best thing to do. And absolutely to not have children. The family court system should be a deterrent enough. But if you decide to get married and if you decide to have children, I don't understand why you do that. Well, actually, I do. It's human instinct to want to reproduce. And the only way that I know right now to reproduce is between a female and a male. That's the only thing that I know, the only way that I know. Maybe in the future that will change, but I don't know for sure. But anyway, if you do decide to get married, if you're a woman or if you're a man, whatever you are, you should sign a prenuptial agreement, period. It should it should always happen no matter what. You know, like even if you don't have anything, especially if you don't have anything, when you the thing is when you decide to get a divorce, that might never happen. That may happen. But if you decide to get a divorce, each one of you has to take what they own and go their separate ways. And, you know, if there's a home or any property involved, that needs to get split down the middle and sold and, you know, distributed between the parties. And each party needs to pay their own attorney's fees. That needs to be spelled out in that agreement. And if there is anything, the parties can agree between themselves how to distribute property. That needs to be signed and dated before 30, I think 30 days before any marriage happens. That is what needs to happen. So it's basically what that piece of paper does. It makes it like a breakup should be like a break always has been in the past, like a breakup between a girlfriend and a boyfriend. It needs to be exactly like that. And they, the mother, if there's a child involved, the mother and the father need to decide 
between them what is best for the child right then and there that needs to happen when they break up so if there's you know like if there's um school events or things you know the child needs to be picked up after school that needs to be worked out between the parents all kinds of stuff and what that needs to be worked out between the parents and it needs to be stated in that agreement nobody plans to get divorced nobody does but it's an actual fact that 50% of marriages end up in the family courts and they end up in divorce before anything, uh, before marriage for sure, at least 30 days before the marriage happens, before the marriage certificate or the marriage license, I think they call it in the United States, is received by either party. A prenuptial agreement needs to be signed it has to happen and that is not a plan that you're going to get divorced that is just saying that if a divorce should happen then everything will get divided amicably it's crazy that you even have to write that and sign that but that's the way it is that keeps you know like that you can certainly pay a lawyer if you want to they'll absolutely take your money but if you have that document and it's signed you should not need a lawyer you should be able to go through the court system alone and by the way getting married getting a marriage license it's like 140 dollars i don't know it's probably hyperinflated now but to get a divorce it's like quadruple that amount it's like 450 just in the court fees if you do it by yourself it costs that amount of money so just know if you plan on getting married, if you plan on having children, you're going to end up in the family court system, period. Now, I thought that I was avoiding the family court system because I didn't marry the person and I got a prenuptial agreement with my second wife. I'll never be married again. I've been married twice and divorced them both two times. I won't do that ever again. But the family court system is an absolute deterrent of that. And that's, I mean, it's just horrible to begin with. But what is really horrible is like when you're going through a divorce, you're going to have to end up talking to a lawyer. They're going to put their hand out and the money that they charge is exorbitant. I don't even know what it would cost now. But basically, you know, you're paying for all this stuff for them, you know, to be a lawyer, you know, like, you know, basically the lawyers don't do anything. They have their lackeys do it or the people in their office or their paralegals actually do the work. And the lawyer is the one that actually signs everything and the one that actually, you know, appears in court. But they are they charge crazy amounts of money. So if you end up in family court, the way that I don't even know, but the way that these lawyers work it is they have you sign a contract. And if you look at that contract, you need to be sure right then and there if the because often the paralegals fees are in addition to theirs. It's not included. And also the court costs and fees are in addition to theirs is not included also. So a lot of times they'll give you an invoice for the court costs or the paralegals 
costs or whatever, and you have to pay those also. So you're getting ready to go through a divorce. If you don't have a prenuptial agreement, it's going to cost you big time. It's going to cost you, you know, first of all, you're going to have to split everything down the middle. They're going to force the sale of all the property. You you should, you know, make a decision about the vehicles right up front. If there's two vehicles, the mother needs to keep hers or the and the father needs to keep his. Or oh, their man and the woman, blah, blah, blah. So when you go through a divorce, if you have to go through a divorce, before you even get married, I highly suggest that each party review or watch the documentary movie Divorce Corp. It's a very good movie, and it, I think it was like $3.50. Maybe you can find the whole movie now. I think you can find it in very low quality on YouTube, but it's a definite must. It's a really good documentary, and everybody that is about to get married or you know, if there's women that are pregnant, if you're about to have a child, you should absolutely watch that movie absolutely see that documentary it's very good child support agency you never really love me you never really love my kid all you really care about is your money i told you once and i tell you again i love my kid but don't make him a brand don't extort me and call me a friend i pay last month and i do it again you gotta walk in my shoes I gotta tell you the truth. You never cared about us. You just wanna get the money and live us a mess. Are you a St. Petersburg police officer? Sure. That's cool. Yeah. Good job. You ever arrested anybody that had a child support warrant before? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What do you mean you're not a big fan of them? Because that's, that was like specifically written into the Constitution to have debtors prison. Right. So you shouldn't be sending someone to jail over money. 